Welcome to the Nourish Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter, and I'm passionate about expanding our view of mental health, how we experience mental wellness, and how we train and support mental health practitioners. Join me here every week as we explore nourishing our mind, body, and soul. I just recorded a post, well, it will be a post on Instagram about how I'm always talking about tending to the light and how the light outside of us influences the light inside of us, the light that you already are. We already are light. You don't have to go looking for it. But tending to that light is what I think is really important in any kind of health and healing journey. And it's also really important to honor the darkness, not just outside of ourselves, but also the dark bits within us. And I was thinking maybe I'll go live on Instagram and talk about this because I have more to say. And then I thought, no, maybe I'll do a podcast. So I checked in with my body versus just trying to make a decision with my mind, which I recommend for everybody, that journey into the body when you're going to make a decision or you need to make a decision, if you can check in with your body and see what your body is telling you. And obviously, podcast won out. So when I checked in and I said, create a live, go live on Instagram, it didn't feel, it wasn't really resonating. For me, I feel it in my solar plexus. And then I said, record a podcast, and that felt much more energized within my body. So I thought, okay, then I'll just be doing that. And it may be a while before this podcast is actually released. So you'll have to go back where you can see when I'm wearing this dress. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can go back, but you don't need to go back. It's okay. We're just moving forward. It just might be a while before this one is able to come out. And that's always kind of interesting because I'd love to release it you know, tomorrow so that you know where I am right now. But I still think it it always has relevance. It's always I'm putting information out there that is hopefully helpful whenever it comes out. The point being that the dark bits are important for us to tend to those parts of ourselves that we don't really like to tend to. And it's interesting because what's been coming up for me recently is self-doubt. A lot of self-doubt has been bubbling up for me to heal, to take a look at that, to work with that, and to, I think it's an opportunity to heal. And anytime something comes up that seems more like a dark bit, um, part of our fears, our traumas, the things that we've been through, or the things that we don't like to talk about, or share, or <laughs> deal with, it could be relationship related, it could be really anything could be spiritual, mental, emotional, social, any of those areas. But the point is that we don't really want to do that work. We're resisting that work. And where we find ourselves really resisting and pushing against and having a lot of fear is often the greatest place of transformation or a place of liberation for us. I would say there's probably some incidences where that's not the case, but more than not, that's what I see. That's what I feel in my own life. So this has been coming up for me, which is really interesting. It's just 
I just love how the universe will keep showing you things or whatever you want to call that life force, energy, God, universe, whatever, where you keep getting shown something and it's an opportunity and you are perfectly able to ignore it. We can just keep ignoring it if we want to shove it down. And I believe that that's what contributes to making us sick, sick in all kinds of ways, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually sick is that we're shoving things down. We're not actually moving through something because there's usually some kind of fear or shame around that dark bit that we don't want to look at. And it's not like these dark bits are unfamiliar to us because when they they rise, we are familiar with them. They're a part of who we are, but we don't really, but it can still feel a little bit shocking sometimes of like, that's up again. I've done all this work. Why would that be coming up again? Or maybe it's showing up for the first time or you're really recognizing it for the first time. And what happened in the last few days, well, this has really been going on for a while. It's, this is not a new thing, you know, self-doubt comes up and I usually work through that really easily, but I tend to really focus on tending to the light, really focus on the light and, and healing. And I know in all of my trauma training that I've done years, I mean, I'm almost I'm, what 32 years into before that it was even I was super into self-help stuff and and energy work and all kinds of things but I've been in the 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 field of the profession of mental health for over 30 years now so you would think that at this point I would know what I'm doing and, and intellectually I get it sometimes we just don't feel it we don't feel into what's happening for us. So this time it's been coming up. I've been really paying attention to it. And I've been really, I think, good at checking things out with the people who are important to me. So if I notice that I kind of am in a shame storm and I know it's around self-doubt, but I've been running some story in my head that is like, oh, they're probably mad at me because of some conversation that we had a year ago, you know, like some interesting stuff has been coming up. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense. Do you understand that that's not the way shame works? It doesn't make sense. It's just, and I think it's a a way that we try to protect ourselves and our psyche attempts to protect itself when actually it just kind of gets in our way. It keeps kind of holding us hostage or getting in our way so that we can't move forward because we keep tripping over it. And that's some of the, the stuff that, that's been coming up with relationships that I'm in, mainly work colleagues. And so I just have been checking it out with the people and say, this is the story that I'm making up. The other day when you didn't respond to one of my messages, I'm imagining I'm a, the story that my mind is making up about that is that I've somehow offended you or that you don't really like working with me, whatever the stuff is. And it gives the person, even if that were true, when most of the time it's actually not true, but if even if it were, that's okay because I'm opening to the dialogue and checking it out with the other person to say, if there is something that we could work out, that we could communicate about, then I would like to hear it. 
But more than that, it's usually people like, wait, what? I didn't respond to what? They didn't even see the message or they have no idea what you're even talking about because it's all in your head, some look that somebody gave you in a meeting. And now you've decided that they they hate you or something. Yeah. It just sounds crazy when you talk about it from this perspective. But this is the way we kind of move through our lives consciously or unconsciously. So I've been doing a lot of just checking things out. When I recognize that my mind is making up a story, then I check it out. This is all from my shame resilience work days. This is, you know, all the work that I did at Brene Brown's research and her her work. Anyway, so that's where that comes from. That's how I know how to how to do that. But anybody can do that. You can always check it, check things out and say, this is the story that I'm making up and I just want to check it out. And almost always people are saying no, and that's not what happened. And it it really builds a deeper relationship with the people who are important to you. Now, you may not want to do that with just anybody and everybody, because if it's not an important relationship to you, then you can just let that stuff go. I think that's a great option too. But in terms of doing this work on the dark bits of ourselves, as this self-doubt has come up, and and I have noticed that there's a real subtle shift depending on what I eat. So I'm I'm getting ready to do a food mood. I don't know when this episode is coming out, so it may be a recording by the time you hear this. But I offer free classes every other month, and it's always mood-related. So you guys are welcome to come anytime. You can come on over to my website and register for those. They're free. And I'm always talking about some mood-related thing. I did seasonal mood enhancement last month. And then in March, I will be doing food mood. And then I think in May, I'm looking at doing mitochondria in mood. I think that would be fun. So we'll see. But food. So food, most people don't realize how much food affects our mood. And it's typically quite subtle. And some of us, it's real obvious and it's a really important piece. And other people, it doesn't seem to be a really important piece, but it is a piece of the puzzle. So I noticed that I was even feeling a little, and it's very fine. So it's subtle and you could just easily miss it. But I was noticing that there were specific foods were kind of irritating like stirring the pot a little bit on the self-doubt and this feeling of, and some of the thoughts that were going on in my head, the feeling of confusion. Is that the is that a mind thing or is that a is that a feeling? The feeling was kind of sad, not super sad, but kind of sad, frustrated. And the, the thoughts were like, you know, is it is any of this even worth it? It feels like I want to throw in the towel. And just be like, oh, I just don't, I just don't want to do any of this stuff, whatever it is that I was doing. Those are, so, that's kind of the the feeling of it. And I thought, what do, what do I need? You know, I have so many tools in my toolbox. I never, ever regret going into the toolbox and just picking one. I never regret going outside, stepping outside regardless of the weather, if I just take a second and go outside, I always feel better. If I take a walk, I feel better. If I go sit in front of my red light panel, I feel better. 
if I do some breath work or cozy up with one of my favorite books and I read to learn. So I really like picking one of my books that talks about quantum biology or our electric body or some kind of spiritual something. And I feel better, right? But I was like, okay, so I've got all these tools. What tool do I want to use? And I thought, I really want to do some breath work right now. And I had some work to do. So I did that first. And then I I had a breath work offering class session that I had purchased and wasn't able to attend live from Aaron Gunzelman. I had bought this class, this breath work workshop with her, and I wasn't able to attend live. So I watched the replay and I am always just can't believe how powerful breath work is in shifting things. And it's just, it's unbelievable how it all works, right? And in this breath work class with Aaron, who, if you don't follow Aaron, I don't even know how I stumbled upon Aaron, but this is what I'm talking about with how the universe just keeps giving you all these opportunities, whether you see them or not. Some don't feel very good and some feel fantastic. And I think we even miss some of the fantastic ones. But Erin, when I first came across her Instagram page, I guess is how I found that, I immediately, like, she just has this incredible energy and I immediately was drawn in and liked her and thought, this person is really special. And then there was a little piece of me that was like, she's special. I'm not, not terribly conscious of that, but I could kind of feel a little bit of that, not in a competition way, but an almost, you could call that shame, that self-doubt of like, I'll never be like that kind of thing. But I wasn't conscious of it really until now, hindsight, looking back because I was just so enamored by her and her glow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she is something. And so then some, you know, a couple every now and then her post or something will pop up and I just always really resonate with it. She's a quantum sister and I like everything that she talks about. And um, this particular day that I was, I was about to shut off, shut down social media, not shut it down, but like turn it off from me. Like I was in a not great mood, feeling a lot of self-doubt actually that day. This was really recently. And Erin popped up on my feed and I thought, oh, I don't know. I kind of feel like just seeing what Erin had to say in this live that she did. So I caught the, the replay of that too. And I, it just was exactly what I needed to hear. It really resonated with me. And I thought, this is really cool. And she was talking about breath work. And I thought, oh, yeah, I want to do some breath work with Erin. So that's how it all un unfolds. If we're letting it, if the, if we will see how everything is unfolding. And I thought, so that's when I purchased this breath work class with her. But then I couldn't, couldn't attend live because I was busy having a bunch of self-doubt and a training that I was doing. <laughs> which was great. But, and, and it was, you know, it's so funny how it all kind of works out and it would be really easy to say, see, no need to have self-doubt, but I really wanted to explore this deeply because it's just going to keep coming up and up and up if you don't actually look at it. 
So I'm doing this breathwork replay with Aaron, and it is so powerful. If you haven't done breathwork, breath is life. So when you do this kind of specific kind of breath work, it's what you call it work, but it's it's more of a breath practice. And so you're doing these different kinds of breathing techniques. We were doing it a, a pretty long, I it felt really long for me. And there was a ton of tingling in my body. You almost like you're having this out of body experience and you want to stop because there's, for me, there was a lot of agitation was coming up. I was very wiggly and wanted to stop. Just that's what happens. And we don't stop and unless you are experiencing fear, tons of fear is coming up or it's triggering trauma you're feeling traumatized, then we stop in the breath work. So I'm pushing through as best I can in this class of hers, and I'm really feeling it. Because if you push through, then you can get to the miracle of it, to this marvelous feeling. And so I was pushing through, and I got to that place, and it was really just fantastic. And I was feeling a huge relief. And Erin is somebody who is just very, very loving. She loves everybody. She has, she's the most comfortable person I have ever seen with saying, I love you to complete strangers. My friend Donna that I had on here, the beauty Ed, when she has had a few drinks, she will say, love you. She's British. I love you to everybody. But other than her, who is Donna's very loving too. Erin is even more loving. She is always saying, I love you to everyone. And you can feel it. I could feel, I could just feel, I just felt really, really good in that moment. And I really got it. No one's light is brighter than yours. And I don't mean that like yours is brighter than every. No, no, not one of us has a brighter light than the other. We are magnificent creatures. Every single one of us is light and it is just as magnificent as the next person's. So I guess another way of saying that is our no one's light is dimmer than, than anyone else's light. It's just unique to you. And so I was really aware of that. I was really feeling that because I know that. I talk about that a lot in my work, on this podcast, but to really feel it I feel it deep in my cells. I was feeling that. And what was coming up is that I was really proud of the fact that I was willing to just stick with the dark bits. And I was willing to stick with this extremely uncomfortableness that I was feeling. I just really wanted to quit with the breathing, which by the way, if you did, it's okay. <laughs> There's no judgment around that. But if you quit, then you don't get to the magic of it. And how many, so many things in life, if we quit when it feels difficult and uncomfortable, then we don't get to the magic of it, which begs the question, how do you know, how do we, how do we have the discernment to decide when to quit, when to reach out for help because we're drowning or when to push through? And that came up on a run for me this morning. Um, all of this has been coming together. Just, just, this is where my mind goes. So now y'all, you, you start to see on this podcast, like I can go to some pretty interesting places in my mind. 
but I'm also really willing to do messy work, internal, emotional work. And before I go into the run this morning, I it popped into my head and I want to make sure that I say this. I have never seen beating up on yourself to actually push people forward in their life. It creates blocks, holds things in and down for us. I get it. I understand. I struggle with that kind of self-criticism myself, and I see it all the time. I've seen it for years in my work where people think, well, I'm just holding myself accountable. I'm just, when you are really self-critical and your self-talk is just actually downright mean, that holds you back, that shoves things down, that does not help you raise the vibration of who you are. When you do that, the whole universe opens up to you. Like it is just very counter, it's counterproductive, even though it kind of makes, it seems like it's making sense that you're going to be disciplined and hold yourself accountable. But if you're being mean to yourself, that does not work. Self-love, self-respect, self-compassion, self-kindness, those are the way, that's the way that I see forward, which can be really challenging for a lot of us. And if you just rolled your eyes when I said self-love, or you kind of went, you know, made like a little noise, or it felt a little disgusting to you, or it feels a little woo-woo or whatever that is, I'm talking to you right now that you deserve love and kindness most of all from you. This is the only way that you're going to receive it. I mean, really receive it on a cellular level in your life as if you love yourself deeply, not in that whole ego way, deeply, deep respect for yourself. So that's my, that's my rant about that. You don't have to. You can live your entire life not really even ever knowing and tending to the light that you are, denying or you know not really showing the gifts that you have, the unique gifts that you bring to the world. You don't have to show them to the world if you don't want to. That is absolutely your choice to make. I would just invite you in this very moment to take a really good look at that and see if that's the kind of life that you want. Are you really feeling like you are in alignment with who you really are and what you came here to do and what you came here to to share? Because if there's a lot of potential in you that you are holding back, you might want to go ahead and let go of the things, some of the, get, get into those dark bits of yourself and work with that and become more harmonious in terms of the parts. And so that I would call that, you know, less chaos in the system, more nourishment, nourishing on a cellular level in your nervous system and more coherence, all of it, your body, your mind, your soul. That's the invitation that I would have. And I believe that part of that is being really uncomfortable, right? So this is on the run, back to the run this morning. I don't like running yet, yet, but I have, I got a really strong sense years ago. I think it was after a meditation and it was auditory. I get messages auditorily, or I just sense, I just know things sometimes. 
I don't ask to know them. I just suddenly know something. And it's it's dumb stuff. Like I'll be walking with somebody and say, hey, tell me about your daughter or something. And they never told me that they had a daughter. I don't know how I know they have a daughter. I, there's no way for me to know that. And then look it up. This this is years ago that happened. Lots of little things happen. I'll ask somebody, like, I don't know, the name Mary keeps coming up. Who's Mary? Why is Mary important? And they're like, oh, how do you know that? Like, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I know stuff. I don't ask for these things. It doesn't seem to be necessarily helpful or doesn't seem to be harmful in my life either. But anyway, sometimes I just hear stuff and not in a bad way. <laughs> just it's spirit. I think of it as like spirit, guidance, whatever, higher self. And it's usually something really helpful. And this time I heard, and it was years and years ago, you like running. That's what I heard. And I thought, oh, I absolutely do not love running. I'm not, I'm not going to be a runner. And I happened to mention that to my neighbor, Eileen. And Eileen said, hey, wait, you want to really try that out? We should run. And I went, oh, no, I do not want to do that. So Eileen's very persistent and said, hey, yeah, let's go on Thursday mornings running. So we're running on Thursday mornings. I'm running with Eileen. And she's awesome because she always tells you you can stop. And then she says, oh, no, you can't stop yet. And I was like, you told me I can stop anytime. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I, you can, except that you shouldn't because we've almost done a mile and let's do a mile or whatever. So she's great. She, she's really fun. And she's about to turn 65 and is amazing. She's just an amazing, inspirational, fit person. So she's got me running. So it's Sunday morning. And I think... I really feel like going for a run. I'm going to go for a run. And the whole time I'm running, I'm thinking, I don't really like this. I don't know. And I thought, this is uncomfortable. I don't like the uncomfortable. When does this get better? Everybody tells you that's a runner that this gets better. And I want to just see. I may never run again in my life. You know, it's interesting to start running at 52, almost 53 years old, but whatever. I just want to see if I can get to a place where I like it. And I was thinking on the whole run, how do you know when to quit, when something, when to push through, when something is uncomfortable? And I thought about breath work, when it feels, when fear, when you are afraid or it's bringing up, it's triggering trauma or you feel traumatized, you can stop at any time, by the way, at any point, if you decide, you know what, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to, I'm, I'm listening to my body and I don't want to do this. Don't. You can absolutely listen to your body. So then how do we discern? And I think that that is really a place of prayer. It's a place of prayer in me. It's a conversation that I'm in. It's a conversation that I want to be in with other people of discerning when to push forward because it's going to take you to that magic. It's going to take you to the miracle and when to say, you know what? No, when to throw in the towel. I think if we are in fear and we're, we're suddenly very afraid, good time to stop, good time to reach out, ask for support. If we are feeling traumatized, stop. If you actually are the victim of something going on in your life, some kind of abuse or situation, yeah, get out, stop. That's a good time to not push through. 
there are reasons that people don't. I respect all of that. I just want to acknowledge that there are so many different ways that we can live our lives. There are so many things, that there are nuances to things. And so you really have to listen to yourself, listen to your own guidance of what are you being told? To, where What do you feel, first of all? And then what are you really being told by your body, by maybe even spirit? Like what, what is speaking to you in your life, through your life, showing you the places to keep going, to go past the messy uncomfortableness of it so that you can get to the magic? And where are you pushing when it's you're out of flow? You're going upstream. You're moving, you're pushing to try and make something happen that is not going to be part of the magic and not going to be part of the miracle. Not that it's bad necessarily, because it, I think it all gets, nothing is wasted. It all gets used into our, it gets incorporated into our life, right? I don't believe that there are things that um, are not used in service of our lives. And, you know, we talk a lot about choice. Like, what choices do you want to make? Like, certain things are really hard. Do you want to do that or not do that? I talk about cold plunging is hard, but so is feeling miserable all the time. So do you want to try a cold plunge or not? There are times that I would say don't. It's it's stressful on the body. I believe that we need to shore ourselves up and really work on nourishing our nervous system before we do some of the harsher, the thing that if it feels harsh to you, because cold plunging isn't really that harsh, it's hard until it's not hard. And if it doesn't feel right to you, if you're like, I'm not resonating with that, that feels miserable to me, then don't do it. But I do think it's interesting. And I mentioned this to my mother this morning. I was saying, I was telling her all about this, which because she loves to hear all these things. <laughs> She's She'll listen at any time. And I was saying, you know, it's interesting to me that we will all, all of us will, we tend to be willing to hang out and live slightly miserable and kind of complaining about certain things in our lives, but we're not willing to go through a lot of discomfort that is actually going to take us to a, a level of, I have never seen beating up on yourself to actually push people forward in their life. It creates blocks, holds things in and down for us. I get it. I understand. I struggle with that kind of self-criticism myself, and I see it all the time. I've seen it for years in my work where people think, well, I'm just holding myself accountable. I'm just, when you are really self-critical and your self-talk is just actually downright mean, that holds you back, that shoves things down, that does not help you raise the vibration of who you are. When you do that, the whole universe opens up to you. Like it is just very counter, it's counterproductive, even though it kind of makes it seems like it's making sense that you're going to be disciplined and hold yourself accountable. But if you're being mean to yourself, that does not work. Healing and health and vitality that we actually are wanting 
So what are the things that actually are going to be uncomfortable, but are they going to take us to the place of vitality, magic, and miracles? And what are the places that we're sort of barking up the wrong tree, banging our head against the wall, sticking in situations and things that are actually hard and are not good for us? And I think about this in the, the simplest of terms, too, the, the choices that we make in our daily life that I guess we feel like we, we have to make them or it's just more of a habit that we make these choices that we, we make and some of them good, some of them meh, whatever, some of them maybe not not such great habits that we have. And yet, you know, are we really looking at those? And a lot of people will say, well, does it even matter? I think it only matters if you want it to matter. And I think that you have the right to make whatever choices that you want to make in your life. And at any point, at any time, pivot. Be willing to get uncomfortable in something that you're leaning towards that's resonating with you, but you know it's not going to feel great, like breath work sometimes or cold plunging or eating a certain way at first may seem hard. And then all of a sudden it's like, my body loves this. This is, how did I ever not do this? Where I think what I see a lot in my work is people pushing themselves because they think something is going to be healthy. They hate, they think it with their mind. They read about it and they, you know, especially around food, like certain foods and superfoods that are actually making them sick, but they don't know that until they know that. And then and when people have a lot of little obscure things that are kind of irritating to them, but not completely debilitating. And then they, when it does get kind of debilitating is when they're like, wait, something is not right. I need to do something about this. And many of them are quite shocked that it's sometimes what they think is healthy in their lives. The foods that they're eating are actually creating a problem. Their light environment, they're working out in the gym all the time and they're working out late or early in the morning. And we just tweak some of those things because our light, so light, water, magnetism, light, water, earth, food, that's what informs life. That's what nourishes life. That's what shapes our lives. That's what nourishes us, right? So all of that is information. Food is information. It's really light. And even animal, you know, people always think of plants, not just plants, not just, yeah, also the animal foods that we eat. All of that is information. The light environment that we're in, information. Water holds information, holds memory, which is incredible. So when you start to kind of open your mind up and look at these things, then some of the things that we've been told forever that are good for us are actually, they might be okay for some people, but they are making you sick. And they create these kind of chronic conditions like in histamine issues, thyroid, sometimes what looks like arthritis, even if you don't have RA, some autoimmune issue going on, uh, headaches, digestive issues, oh, all the digestive issues, like all of these things that we put up with because it's part of our lives. And we don't realize that some of the things it's, some of it is really easy, not so easy. It's simple to, to turn that ship around. 
but we get into this, I'm, I need to eat this and I need to do that. And I work out at the gym and I, and we just have to think about things. But if there are things in your life that you're making yourself do that you hate, you know, like certain foods you're making yourself eat, certain things, if you continually hate it and it does not feel good after, or it might, I'm trying to think, um, there are certain examples that I'm like, oh, you might feel better like after the gym is what I was thinking. But I just say, pay attention to that. Pay attention to your energy, to your digestion, to your mood. Just know that mood follows food. So about 15, 20 minutes after you eat something, pay attention. How do you feel? How's your digestion? Have you tanked? Is your energy tanked? Or are you feeling more energized? Or, and, and also how's your mood, right? That's the big thing, the mood. And it can be really subtle. You don't even recognize that you're kind of a little more agitated. You're a little more irritable or you don't feel, you just don't feel quite right or great, but it's either so normal to you that you don't notice it, or it's not so bad that you, you, I mean, you just keep moving on. But if there are these things that you're doing that you constantly feel like, I hate this energetically, I think that's a message. I don't recommend that you continue to do those things. I don't think that that's this, what I'm talking about in terms of getting uncomfortable and being willing to sit with the uncomfortableness to make it to the magic and the miracle. I don't think that's what's happening. And that's where I'm saying, holding that prayer that I have, that I have for me, for anyone of that discernment of how to make these decisions, how to notice the, the things that are kind of subtle, but could make a huge difference in your energy, in your mood, in your sleep, and in, in all of the ways that you could feel a whole lot better, your digestion. Because where there are mental health, stress, anxiety, depression, any of the mood-related stuff almost always comes with digestive issues. They go hand in hand. Not surprising, right? The, the gut-brain axis. But it's not the whole story. Like we are electric beings first. So attending to that piece of ourselves tends to work the other stuff out, the other chemical kinds of things and mechanical things that are going on in our body. <laughs> Did I just digress again? My point is that I think it's a worthy endeavor to spend some time around discernment and figuring out what things are worth sticking with and being uncomfortable. And sometimes that's the dark bits of our lives, the things that are kind of coming up in our life that we don't really want to look at. And it's continuing to come up, but there's magic on the other side. Not that it's that you're going to land in magic and then nothing else is ever going to come up and you're never going to have anything to work on. This journey is amazing, but it's happening really, really fast right now. I feel like you hear that. There are people that talk about how the energy is in, in our new world, new world, new earth. And the energy, it just seems to be moving really fast. And one of the things I think is really important for all of us and the why, why I keep harping on nourishing our nervous system is to be able to ride the waves of the emotions, of the change, of the uncomfortableness, and then all of a sudden you're content. And, you know, just 
how fast that is coming and going to be able to ride that. I would call that stress resilience. You can call that whatever, any kind of resilience or it's all frequency. So maybe that has to do with coherence. Yeah. Less chaos, more coherence. As above, so below. We have the cosmos on our side because it is us. Yeah. All of that, that harmonizing, that resonance, the healing, the turning down the danger signaling in ourselves on a cellular level, turning up the safety signals, all of that, right? Which is what I talk about on this show all the time. I think I've harped on this enough. I think this is long enough. (laughs) How I want to end this is saying that I would love to see you in some, in a free class or over on Instagram or commenting here so that we can stay in this conversation about discernment, about the magic of life and how fast everything is coming and being in the flow with riding the waves of the emotions and the changes in our lives. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. As always, I really appreciate all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We are grateful for you, our listeners and viewers on YouTube. And to show a little love, I am offering 20% off of my new quantum stress management course. So you can go to my website, nourish-soul.com. Under programs, you can find the courses. And any course there that you want to take, you can use the code podcast for our podcast listeners. You get 20% off when you check out. You just use that code podcast. So hopefully that is helpful to you. Hopefully these episodes are helpful to you on your healing journey. And I will see you next episode.